0: Two Pines. I believe this is episode four in this installment of Between Two Pines. We will be uh, going over some articles today, some uh, some interesting stories from the news. Uh, Zach and I are going to talk about uh, some stories from opening day on both deer hunting and duck hunting, and anything else that happened out in the woods this week. Then we'll be going over some hot gear and cold beer. Uh, A little bit short this week, I know. Zach, you and I have both been pretty busy, so we're going to keep it short and sweet this week, but. We'll get right into it, uh, Zach. What do you What do you got from the news? Anything fun and exciting?
1: Well, I came across one article that uh, it's a little bit disappointing, but it came out uh, September 30th, so yesterday, and they report in Crawford County, Wisconsin, uh, over a hundred deer have already died this year from EHD, and they believe that's not the final count at all and uh ehd comes from a biting midge it usually is really prolific in drought years but they just seem to have a really big midge hatch this year and they they bite the deer and infect it and just kind of throws it off its balance and you find it around water a lot after it gets it because it just kind of drains its body and uh yeah i mean it it can wipe out small populations and small herds, and they found it this year in pretty good numbers, and that's Crawford County, Wisconsin. So that's kind of upsetting to see, but it happens. You just just hope that it isn't as bad as they think uh, because it can take a long time for them to recover after that.
0: So is EHD, is that like, so you said it's by a midge, so that's not going to be something like a CWD or blue tongue that could be spread Uh, you know, from deer to deer, that's going to be something that's uh, spread via parasite?
1: Well, EHD and blue tongue look, are identical in uh, like observations.
0: Yeah, because that'd be, yeah, so EHD, what is that? That's uh, something, hemorrhagic disease? Yes. Um, Here, I can
1: epizootic hemorrhagic disease
0: yeah okay yeah so yeah so that's blue tongue so yeah that's the same thing then okay yeah so yeah i nice mean they're and... a little
1: different but i mean it, it's basically the same exact thing
0: <laughs> yeah so the so but, a lab to
1: tell the difference
0: yeah so cwd is from deer to deer so an ehd would be that would be spread via um uh, some sort of parasite then
1: yep these biting midges uh just kind of take over the deer
0: you know, first off, it's biting little people. Okay. It's twenty nineteen. Let's use uh, <laughs> Sorry,
1: I'm still living in the past.
0: Yeah, come on. Um yeah, so so that's kinda interesting. I mean, is that the and that <clears throat> is that relatively new for Wisconsin? I'm not really well versed on um on this topic.
1: Uh they first found it in two thousand two where in Iowa County, there was like 14 or so dead, but then, uh, that spread to 380 that year. Um, but I mean, it's, it pops up. Uh, it's like I said, on drought years, when you can cu- you concentrate the deer and those midges are out. I mean, deer die from it every year, but once you concentrate the deer, and those midges need the water just as much. Then that's when you start seeing the population or the, the you know somewhat larger population impacts in like your county or your your local area.
0: Hmm. And uh, is there like uh, with these midges? Is there, um, is there ways that you can control these, or is this just gonna kind of be? You know, it's if it's gonna come, it's gonna come you know what i mean like it's just one of those naturally occurring things where it's going to be ebbs and flows or is this something that as a landowner that you can uh you know plan for and potentially uh, uh kind of uh lessen the chances of your deer in your area getting this
1: i mean if you if you want to manage it yourself and you can get fresh water flowing that's the best way to kind of fight it i don't think there's really any way to get rid of the midges themselves but uh standing stagnant water is kind of the main cause of it so they could be way back in the woods and the one watering hole that you know is four miles from any road that nobody gets to could have it and that could take out those but good clean fresh water is probably the best way that you can directly handle kind of holding them back yourself
0: Hmm. okay huh that's interesting. Yeah, no, and that's, uh, I mean, it's one of those unfortunate things with any of these diseases that you see, especially when, uh, you know, you have a healthy population, maybe some big bucks in there, and then they're just, you know, I, I feel like it's, it's almost a waste, but I guess that's kind of the natural order of things.
1: Yeah, and I, I think there's a part of, I forget which region, but there's a part of Iowa that's kind of going through it right now, too, and it's not, it's weird because it's not always fatal, um, the deer can kind of, the deer can sometimes survive it, but if they die, it's within a couple of days that they actually die. But if they can kind of ride it out, then they can actually get through it.
0: Yeah, no. And I, I mean, I've actually seen, uh, some pretty big bucks. There was a big, I, I've, you know, when I was out in the field as a ranger, I've seen some bucks being real weird. And we did have kind of a an influx, and I didn't. I wasn't able to look at the numbers. This is just from observation of uh, a couple deer that did have blue tongue and uh, that were surviving it, but were acting real weird.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, there, it was almost like they were a rabbit or something. You know, they were just like walking, just like in parking lots, like totally disoriented, but it's because there's giant holes in their brain.
1: Yeah, it just turned into a zombie.
0: Yeah, it was I saw real.
1: A going around in Missouri of one that actually walked through a campfire and then just walked into the river and drowned.
0: That's so messed up. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's so weird. Huh? Well, that, I mean, that's crappy, but yeah, it's an interesting. Uh, that's interesting.
1: what I'm here for, just like bringing down the crowd.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thanks for that. All your bucks
1: are dead, Crawford County. Good luck.
0: <laughs> freaking idiots got your <laughs> um, yeah no i mean that's unfortunate but what are you gonna do? do you do do you have any uh any other interesting articles
1: uh no i don't
0: well i will uh i will take you uh you know what since we're going to be depressed Zach, we might as well be really depressed and but i think we'll get been- there buddy Oh yeah, we're we're gonna yeah. This will put us in. So Zach, um, I think you're aware. I think I'm aware. Uh, elk hunting is uh legal as of 2018 in Wisconsin. Am I uh, wrong in that?
1: No, that sounds right. They let out what, like ten tags? I think it was.
0: Yeah, ten tags. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Those last year was the first year. Um, And I think we all know or, you know, maybe that's some stories that we could touch on is that, uh, you know, there was some questionable shooting of elk uh, on that first season. Well, uh, on that topic, about two weeks ago on September 18th, uh, a big bull elk in Sawyer County, just outside of Clan Lake, Wisconsin, uh, somebody shot it with a slug and then just left it on the side of the road. So, that's cool. Thanks, Wisconsin. Just yeah. really-
1: I saw that. That was confirmed that it got shot with a slug, right?
0: Yes, that was confirmed slug. A slug was recovered and analyzed, um, and uh, the DNR is investigating, and I think the reward right now, if I'm not mistaken, I they do have a reward out for any information regarding this. So, if you know this pile of garbage that just shot this elk for no apparent reason, please turn him in because he is probably. You know how you be able to recognize him? Is he's giant and brown and smells because he's just a giant pile of crap. That's what that's <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm at with this one. Yeah, they're offering uh, 2,250 bucks uh, for reward on this yeah why are people freaking doing this what's the deal
1: it it doesn't even make sense there's not even a gun season going on right now and that's i mean that is about as direct and uh premeditated as it gets
0: yeah so they went out there with the slug shot the damn thing and then just uh, like what why why? Why do people gotta be like this and give hunters which that guy isn't even a hunter? I don't even consider this person a hunter at all. This guy is just a giant or a woman. Could you know twenty nineteen, equal opportunity even for criminals. Um this man could be woman, a
1: midget, it's even too.
0: What?
1: Could be a midget even too. <laughs>
0: yeah, it could be a midge or a midget, it could be anything. So uh yeah, no, I think that's I mean it's total crap. Uh, It's hard enough. Wisconsin's trying to get an elk season going. I mean, it's such a great thing for hunters in Wisconsin. And then people got to do dumb stuff like this. It's, uh, yeah, this really irritated the heck out of me when I saw this. Because the herd is only, uh, this herd, uh, so in, yeah, so this herd's only 80, 80 elk, 75 to 80. Yeah. 75 to 80 elk. And so you just took that out. So essentially you've taken almost, you know, 10% or no, what would this be? It'd be like 2.5% of uh, the elk population you just took by shooting this one. What a jerk. So big tip of the hat to this guy for being a giant pile of freaking garbage. Um, but I did have another article. We'll we'll take it up uh, and make it a little bit nicer this time around. Um, so there was this lady in, uh, in Colorado, I believe, that was walking down the trail and was uh, walking down the trail with her dog and then proceeded to get stalked by a mountain lion, which the video is online. Um, she was getting stalked by a mountain lion. And uh, after yelling at the cat, what she said, uh, the things that she yelled were, bad kitty. Um, and that, that didn't work. Surprise, surprise. Um, she decided to play, uh, some Metallica from her phone on full blast. Uh, Metallica, uh, I believe the song she said that she played was Don't Tread On Me by Metallica and it scared away the mountain lion. So, you know, (laughs) it, it did. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, the, the takeaway I got from this is I'm no longer carrying bear spray with me when I'm out West. I'm just going to carry a Bluetooth speaker and maybe you know play some Pantera or something at full blast.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty incredible actually. Um, so, I know there's a couple couple lions around here where I'm at get spotted every year or so. So now I know to have that in my back pocket too.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you could play, if there was any song, what do you, what song would you play to scare away a mountain lion?
1: oh man I don't know I feel like something from Uncle Ted would uh, really put some fear in that cat (laughs) Uncle Ted's out for it
0: yeah I would just play a recording not even of his music just him talking (laughs) yeah yeah that or um, you know Zach you know what I think would be a great one for you what's that and just so the cat knows that not only is it uh, sneaking around, that you're also sneaking around, and you can play tiptoeing in my Jodens, by,
1: <laughs> by the by the master himself, riffraff.
0: Yeah, I and mean, then you could tiptoe around. Then it knows, you know, real recognize real when it comes to tiptoeing around.
1: Got to respect the game.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, uh,
1: riffraff really. What was that? Shout out to Riff Raff, really.
0: For real, yeah. Shout out shout out to Riff Raff for just being the songbird of our generation and uh, <laughs> for taking a ton of steroids and probably, yeah. and probably a little meth. Okay. <laughs> we still love him. Um, yeah, but I mean, for the most part, it was actually uh, at least I didn't see anything overly exciting in the news. Um, I mean, obviously, bow season is uh, opened up and other stuff, so Um, I think we could kind of kind of cut right into it as far as uh, our main topics here um, is uh, is opening weekend so this was um, well I shouldn't say well it was uh, opening bow season since the last time that we spoke and uh, it was also opening uh, duck season here in Wisconsin for the for the actual season not early season so Zach, I've been really excited to hear your stories from uh, this. This was opening weekend for Bo. When was that?
1: Yep. uh, Sunday, September 15th in Missouri.
0: Okay. And so how'd you do?
1: I did. Shot my first deer on public land. Um, So I, I scouted this spot a while back and they're kind of, it's just on a big, public land complex and they're redoing the ditch on most of the road so they have it blown out right now so you can't really drive down the two tracks off the main road mm-hmm. um so i just parked on the top of that main road and i walked down it ended up being about a mile but i walked all the way down to these food plots and uh a pond on it and i get up to this the pond's kind of on this rise and i I get to the rise, and this pond is just full of about 20, 25 deer that all are just staring at me once I peek <laughs> this rise. And then I walk around it a little bit more and I just kick out turkeys. And then I walk towards the pond and I kick out ducks. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, shit, this is the mecca, you know? <laughs> so I start that one away in my uh, my memory bank and opening day came along and I just went out in the morning more of more as like a I don't know I usually do it as like a ceremonial thing you know like opening day let's go out yeah no no real ambitions, but uh that was all right I heard some deer but none of them got too close and then I came back and said you know what I'm just gonna go do it I'm gonna walk that walk that long walk and see what happens so I grabbed my ice fishing sled and loaded up my stand, my bow, my gear, and I just headed down uh about two two thirty. Looked at the temperature before I left the truck. It was about
0: ninety-eight degrees. Jeez uh you
1: know, real feel temperature was in that one oh five range.
0: Oh gosh, I'm sweating just thinking about it.
1: Yeah, so I get down there and uh Set up, about, I get up in the tree around 2.30, 2.45 and it's just I'm dripping, dripping. I got one water bottle with me so I'm just drinking as little as I can and around 4.30 little fawn pops out at this watering hole. I set up right on this watering hole. I knew they'd want to come get a drink, you know. It's 100 degrees out for Christ's sake and uh, he came out around four thirty, four forty-five, and was just prancing around. And I just let him be. He was, you know, size of a dog. <laughs> must have been a late. He must have been a late drop because he was still completely spotted. Really? I haven't seen a fawn that small ever in the fall. But uh, yeah, I just let him watch him do his thing. Cute little guy, just bopping around in the pond, and then right under me, actually the wind was at my face all day too. So it was, I liked the wind, but then I heard some rustling behind me and I was thinking that, you know, these deer are going to blow out here, but they didn't, they just kind of creeped around me and a spike. And then two yearling or year and a half old does walked out and 16 yards. I, I shot this year and a half old doe. I have a bunch of doe tags in my pocket. I just wanted to get, one in the freezer for now at least be good through you know winter and spring because i still have some from last year too but yeah shot her a little after five uh she went shot was a little back um probably nicked the back of the lungs kind of in that last rib or somewhere around there but i I was pretty happy with it i mean definitely had some
0: how far do you have to track it?
1: Well, um, gosh, I'd probably say seventy-five yards.
0: Oh, okay. So she dropped pretty quick.
1: Yeah. Well, it was uh, surrounding this food plot and this pond was like fresh, like two or three year old clear cut so i mean the woods are just a scattered brushy shrubby mess and that's exactly where she ran to so i'm just busting around looking for her and uh finally just came across i was working a grid so i finally stumbled across her and had it field dressed and i was dragging it out uh, by like five forty-five. so it took about 40 minutes from the shot to packing her out
0: well and um could you explain, uh, you know, for those that may not know, um, can you explain working a grid, uh, in terms of, uh, in terms of tracking, a, in terms of tracking a, a deer that was recently shot?
1: Yeah. Um, well, so the, the shot was a little far back, so I didn't have great blood on the ground, but I walked the tree line, I, uh, kind of just down by where she went in and then I just hear off in the distance some crashing and stuff but it didn't really sound like it was going far away. It just sounded like something dropped and it was kind of crashing you know. Yeah. So I just kind of went up right where I heard it but I stayed kind of before where I kind of estimated it was at and I just walked back and forth and then I moved up maybe 10, 20 yards, just as far as I could see. Then I'd move back and forth, what I would think would be, you know, a a good distance either way, left or right. And then I'd just move up and then move left, right, up, left, right. And then that's just kind of how I work my grid.
0: All right, yeah. No, that's, um, yeah, and I think that's, uh, I mean, there's a million and one different techniques, you know, for tracking deer, and that may be something that we could talk about maybe on the next one is uh you know tracking techniques um for you know you know for spotting gear pre you know for finding a good spot and then also uh you know after they've been shot but yeah no the grid the grid technique and i mean i've used that a million times even for finding ducks when you shoot them over some tall grass and you don't have a dog i mean that's pretty much the only way you can do it is just literally back and forth back and forth as many times so you literally step right on top of it um
1: yeah, and that's pretty much what happened here. And then, uh, so here comes the best part. So it's six o'clock, and uh, I'm ready to get going. So, you know, all this stuff has me beat, dripping in sweat. I take a swig of my water, and it's my last swig.
0: <laughs>
1: so I said, "Oh crap! I got to get this thing back up to the truck and get out of here because it's a hundred degrees, and this meat is about to cook."
0: Yeah, <laughs> you, you put so, it in the, out of your truck, you have venison steaks by the time you get home. Yeah, so
1: I start walking up, and like I said before, it's a mile, and I have this sled, my stand, my bow, my gear, all this crap. So I put my stand on my back, my gear in my bag on my back, and the deer in the sled. And I start hoofing it and hoofing it. And it's tall grass and kind of this valley. It's like, kind of like an old hay field almost, but I make it like 200 yards. And I just say, I'm not going to be able to do this. So I ditch my stand, ditch my bow. I said, now it's, I'll come back for that once I get this deer to the truck. And it's kind of in this valley. So I start getting an incline and I'm going like, 20 yards stopping to catch my breath. 20 yards stopping. And then the big hill comes. And that's, I mean, I don't know. I don't even want to know. 40% incline for like 100 yards or so. Yeah. I'm crawling. <laughs> Five yards, stop. Five yards, stop. I'm getting so lightheaded. I'm out of water. It's 105 degrees. I have to call somebody. So I call Tracy. I say, Tracy, you need to come here with ice, water, now. Like, I'm about to pass out. She's like, all right, where are you at? I told her, and it's like 40 minutes. It was like two yards at a time for this last, like, half mile. That took me just about 40 minutes to get this deer into my truck. She comes up, saved my life, basically. (laughs) throw ice on the deer chug enough water to drown a horse in <laughs> and go back down for the rest of my stuff get it home cut up the deer and then just crash for what seemed like an hour but really about 12 hours
0: <laughs> oh well that's awesome man you got to so you cleaned it out you butchered it you just butchered it in the in the yard there and then uh, you got all the meat uh sectioned out
1: yeah, we didn't lose any meat. Um we got a good amount of steaks and roasts and we I got an old grinder, an old Oster grinder that just refuses to quit. So mm-hmm. we, we got a bunch of good burger. We actually mixed up uh some bacon into some of the ground burger. So we're pretty excited about that and came home and had some nice open faced heart sandwiches and I got the tongue. I'm still gonna do something with some tongue tacos or something. And
0: some lingua, man. I'm about it.
1: Yeah, I think we got around twenty, twenty five pounds off of that, and I still got four, four tags left in my pocket. So
0: nice. That's awesome, man. I'm happy for you. And then um, I know you. So you went up. So that was opening weekend in Missouri. And then I know you went up uh, to Wisconsin and were able to hunt up there. How'd you do up there?
1: Uh, yeah, that was you know well you know but it's been it's been warm oh yeah. We, we didn't really see any movement at all i saw a doe and a fawn late one night like 10 minutes before closing time but they were too far and there was too much stuff in the way i had a doe tag but it uh no it was slow not much moving around but i mean ever since the cold front Kind of came through, and I, we've been getting pictures on camera like crazy. So I'm, I'd like to get back up there in October and try it out again.
0: Yeah, for sure. Hey, come up the, uh, come up the 19th. What's that? Homecoming.
1: Oh God.
0: <laughs> ah, yeah. oh, come on, come on, it'll be That'd fun. Be pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, no, it'd be a good time, yeah, and, uh, yeah, that's awesome, yeah, I know, I still haven't gotten out, I'm, I'm, I got a wedding this weekend in Iowa, but, yeah, I'm hoping to, uh, I'm hoping to get out and do some bow hunting eventually here, uh, you know, I may do an afternoon hunt on Friday, um, we'll see, though, um, yeah, no, that's Uh, awesome.
1: Even today, I just went out there for the last two and a half hours, you know, I really didn't have much intention of shooting anything but i just like to do those observation sits. you know sit down with my bow see if there's deer in the area where they're moving if one comes by yeah we'll see about shooting it but otherwise it's just sitting up there and kind of just doing that long uh long sit scouting kind of
0: yeah yeah no that's yeah nothing wrong with that i mean it's just nice getting out there in all honesty so yeah no that's sweet I'm, i'm really happy for you that you got one that's awesome
1: yeah me too so anyway, and
0: then, so from... the... sorry. Um, I, well, I was gonna say. So what? What's the plan now? Are you gonna just try and fill your uh, fill your doe tags, or are you gonna uh, are you gonna wait it out and wait on a big buck now?
1: Uh, I got some pictures and kind of know the neighborhood a big bucks living right now. Um, I'll probably try and wait till end of the month to go after him when he start moving a little more like pre rut stuff maybe start doing some calls for them and stuff. But uh, until then, I'm just going to go out mornings when I can or afternoons. If I get done with work early and just try and fill dough with eggs.
0: Yeah, no, I mean nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, no, that's awesome. But, uh, yeah, to answer your question, um, So I went out, uh, I'll give you the whole synopsis of the day. So, uh, went out, uh, you know, Stashu, uh, came up from Chicago. Uh, he was out doing, he was doing some bow hunting in uh, right there in Westfield. And so on Friday he was doing some bow hunting and he came up here after his bow hunt. So on Friday night, um, and, uh, we went out to, uh, Went out, uh, you know, just on the town here, and we, we had a pretty slow night, got our Got our Friday night fish fry in on Friday night, and then was the, the age-old question, which is, uh, for those that don't know, Wisconsin, on opening day for Duck Hunter, most, it seems like a majority of people camp out on the water the night before, which, that was really what we were hemming and hawing about, we're like, ah, do we, you know, do we want to just get out on the water right now and then camp out in the spot. How many birds, you know, how many boats do you think are going to be out there? You know, this and that and trying to decide the spot. Do we want to go to the mead, you know, which is a, a, a public hunting grounds, but it's uh it's a refuge. So it gets a ton of pressure on opening day. And, you know, we were, ah, do we do this? Do we do this? So we ended up deciding we were going to hunt the river because I had scouted out some spots that I, uh, that i i knew would be probably uh pretty good so we left uh you know we were on the water by about 3:30 in the morning and uh, shooting hours were 6:23 or 6:25. so i mean we were out there early we put out a spread we were hunting a um, a peninsula in the backwaters and i figured with the amount of pressure and gunshots that was going to be going on on opening day i was like ah you know what we're pretty much good wherever because these birds are going to have no rhyme or reason to where they're going to be flying. And I, I knew off the bat that they probably were not going to be flying in the spreads, which turned out to be the case. They were just kind of freaking out going every which way. Um, but so we hunted this peninsula. We put out about two dozen uh, decoys, a mojo. in um, the spot that we initially wanted to hunt, somebody was actually not in the spot, but was a little bit close for comfort. We probably did have our, our 300 feet but I didn't want to push it. So we went a little bit further. Um, but so we were out there, we had the whole spread set up everything by 4 a.m. So we still had two and a half hours before, uh, before hunting time. And uh, so we ended up just uh, watching bench warmers on my phone. Uh, <laughs> for half. Uh, Cause it was, it was a beautiful night. I mean, it was like 60 degrees, no wind, like, perfect like wisconsin summer night and i mean this is in you know late september so you couldn't ask for anything better than that so yeah we just chilled ate some sandwiches and, you know had some coffee hung out um then shooting hours open so about you know 6 shooting hours opened, and it was dead as a doornail for the first half hour did not see a single duck and i was kind of crapping my pants i was like oh no is this going to be a bust of a spot and um are
1: you're hearing a bunch of shots at this point,
0: no, not a, that's what I was freaking out about. We did not hear a single shot, and like I said, about six thirty is when hunting hours opened, and then all of a sudden, the sun peaked up over the over the tree line, and then it turned into World War three <laughs> <laughs> as soon as that sun crept over the tree line, these birds started flying, and it was it was nuts, so I mean, the first we had like right right at the, the first flock flew in, we had a flock of about six, um, six teal fly right in range. And, you know, and you get it. And I don't even, uh, and I'll, I will be, uh, I'll be, I'm very embarrassed to say this, but I will say this, um, between, uh, Stash and I, so between the, the guy I was hunting with and myself, we went through an entire box of shells plus a little bit more and had nothing to show for it at the end of the day (laughs) so um, yeah it was very tough and i'm gonna give it so he had a new gun and i had a new gun and uh that's what i'm gonna blame it on (laughs) that's i'm not gonna blame it on bad shooting i'm gonna blame the equipment not the user um
1: what kind of new guns you get
0: I just got another 870, so I, I got an 870, but I got the, uh, the mag, so I could chamber threes now. It's not the old one, so I could actually chamber three in shells now, which is nice. So, it's the exact same gun that I've shot my entire life. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was the new gun. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so we saw we had a nice flock of about six or eight teals come in, and, I mean, we unloaded. Three a piece on this thing and where i was like dude one of these things has got to drop nothing so <laughs> Those birds gave us the fingers they flew away like son of a bitch but um so yeah we had that and then we had a ton of uh you know ones and twos and i'm not gonna lie we were, we were taking pokes at a lot of them and uh because of where we were hunting at um a lot of these birds were coming because we were butted up right to a tree line. So the visibility was pretty low and it, they ended up, a lot of the birds ended up coming over from behind us. So, you know, your reaction time on the shots was, um, you know, you had to be pretty quick on the trigger and these birds are, you know, they're on a mission from God. These birds are coming in hot and, you know, they're just, they're flying over the tree line. So, you know, you figure the trees are already, you know, 20, 30 feet tall, and then, uh, you know, they're buzzing these tree lines. So you're already talking, uh, you know, a 10, 15-yard shot if you see them instantly. And by the time you could get your gun shoulder and get a round off, you're at 30, 40 yards. So these weren't the easiest shots in the world, but I definitely a lot of them we should have we should have had birds to show. Um yeah, but shoot them
1: in the ass, too. That's never going to help.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, we did see some canvas backs, which I was kind of surprised about. A lot of teal, a lot of canvas backs, a couple mallards. Um, Didn't see any woodies, which I was kind of surprised about as well. Um, Probably some widgeons, which I did not, it was hard to identify. But um, yeah, so we saw a wide variety of birds uh, on that first day. We stayed out till about nine o'clock and... It was like a light switch on that first day. Nine o'clock hit. Done. You know, it was just there was not a bird to be seen after nine o'clock. Um, but we saw some geese too. We did take a poke at some geese. Um, with threes, you know, that's a little bit tough. Some three and a halfs may have been in range, but even at that, um, you know, it's kinda uh eh. um But, yeah, so then uh, we went out the following day as well, and we realized that, uh, you know, we could go out a little bit later because I knew that there was going to be a lot less pressure on Sunday than there was on Saturday. Um, And we tried a little bit different spot, and um, we had some flocks, and we were uh, hunting with three guys on the second day. Um, First flock, a flock of three uh, teals came in, uh, got one, and then it was kind of slow. We had a, a couple more flocks come in. Nothing was coming anywhere near the spreads. They weren't even looking to land in a spread. A um, lot of geese, but they were, you know, they were just coming through. None were, I mean, we were blowing goose calls and uh, didn't didn't get a, 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 you know, they were nowhere to be found. But, yeah, we got one, one teal on the second day. And uh, the best part about the second day was, though, so, is I did find a, uh, an abandoned permanent duck blind on the spot that I wanted to hunt anyway. So I'm really excited about that. I'm going to go back there, um, probably not this week, but sometime soon, and uh, bring some shears out there and really uh, clear it up and make it a nice um, you know, duck blind that I'm probably going to be using for the rest of the season. Nice. So yeah, it was pretty exciting. though. I mean, I got one, one, one duck to show for it, so I didn't get totally skunked opening weekend. But the two biggest things that I took away from this was one, I I gotta get some uh, some goose decoys to mix in the spread, and then uh, I did uh, pull it. I, I went and bought a um, a uh, a goose call as well, which I uh, got a nice uh, uh, what do they call it? It's a uh, a goose flute. Is that what they call it? Oh yeah, the long,
1: yeah, a long one.
0: one. Yeah, it's a long one. It's got the little, the little dabbler at the end, the little tube at the end.
1: Yeah. And
0: yeah, and it sounded it sounds really good, but yeah, um, yeah, it was it was a good it was a good opening weekend. Had a good time. Had some good laughs. Um, yeah, it was funny. I was on the phone with my brother, and I like whipped the phone into the boat, and it was in, like under two inches of water, and, <laughs> and he was still on speaker and. So, boom, 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 boom. And he's like, yeah, you missed all those, didn't you? And I was like, yeah. But, but yeah, no, it was, it was a good time. So uh, That's and-
1: crazy to see those ducks. I mean, the that first week, it seems like they don't touch the water after they just get shot at because they're so paranoid.
0: Yeah, no, they definitely know what's up. And that's what I was – because both the guys I was with are not, um, you know, big into – the one guy was his first time going out duck hunting, and then Stash has been out a couple other times. Um, but yeah, and I was explaining to them, I mean, you you probably know better than I do, but you know, that first week, it seems like they couldn't care less about, uh, you know, spread.
1: Yeah. The the less stuff you can pull out, the better. I mean, five, six decoys, if you can get a couple of them to wiggle around, but no mojo, you, you kind of got to take, break it down to the bare essentials after that first two days of just people hammering at them.
0: Well, and here was the weird thing, and I honestly, and I'd like to hear your opinion on this, was we had a couple flocks that immediately just flared as soon as they saw the mojo. Because we had the mojo out the first day. Like I said, we had about two dozen decoys out and, um, and a mojo out that first day. And it seemed like as soon as they saw any movement, they were, Gone like the Dickens. Like we had a couple that were coming right down, um, in between, like because we were on a little corridor, so a little stretch of uh, backwater. So we had you know trees on one side, trees on the other, and the the water that we were on was probably fifteen to twenty yards wide. So it was a perfect corridor for them to jettison down. And uh, it seemed like as soon as they saw that mojo, they just cooked right. Wouldn't even take. Flew right over the tree line. Like we're like screw this, you know didn't even want to come near the thing
1: huh were you hunting out of your boat
0: yeah we were hunting out of the boat but i mean i got i mean I, it's got blinds so i mean we were pretty decently concealed um
1: I mean, I've, it's, seen it's, em, I've seen them i've seen them flare from you know a little you know gray hood sticking out of a duck coat or if your face is out there you got a big white shiny face i mean that's one of the biggest things that flares birds when you don't realize you're staring at them you know i mean could be a lot of stuff but it could be could have been that mojo too if they just got you know molested six other times from flying into one of those things
0: well and that's kind of what i was thinking i was like man they're probably every guy out here has probably got a mojo out and after that first one i feel like there's got to be some primordial part of their brain that associates just seeing the you know the spinning of those wings and goes wait a second i see you know spinning you know green and white and then i just got fucking blasted you know i should probably probably stay away from that spinning green and white
1: at that point we just i usually you can leave them in the water but just turn them off
0: yeah and that's uh that's probably what i should have done but we, i just left the thing running i was like whatever at this point because honestly at that point it was just a luck of the draw wherever these birds were flying and like i said we were lucky enough they we were on this kind of perfect flight corridor off the main channel of the river where it was like the perfect offshoot for them After they got blasted about 20 times it was like a perfect offshoot that went right into backwater so they were kind of taking that but yeah i did uh for the second day i did actually end up buying some um some better concealment for my blinds. Um, I bought that. Um, it's like the real tree. Uh, it's not like burlap. It's just like a sheet, but it's got like little cutouts in it. So it's like three dimensional. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I had, uh, you know, I had like burlap and like this fencing stuff that had stuff with natural, natural, you know, stuff that I just found. And I stuffed it in there, but the, that real tree, like 3d, whatever stuff really, looks way better than just having you know the natural stuff in there
1: yeah i mean you could just start pulling cattails and zip tying them too
0: yeah and that's uh, that's what i did the first day and it didn't i just didn't have enough in there i think and uh yeah yeah, it seemed like it was much better much better concealment but yeah i got i gotta kind of redo my blind i'm just gonna nurse it along for the rest of the season and hope for the best but next year i think i'm gonna revamp the whole thing and really go all out with the blind which speaking of which these dudes that we saw on opening day and they were the ones uh you know that were in the spot i originally or close to the spot i originally wanted to hunt and in the morning i kind of i saw their headlamps i was like oh whatever and then we couldn't like see them the whole day just because where the tree line was and i mean we could hear their shots going off but we couldn't really see what was going on with them um but when we were leaving, after we packed up all the decoys, they were packing up their decoys, too. And we, we went out by them. Holy crap. These dudes, shout out to those dudes, had the most concealed, natural-looking blind I have ever seen in my entire life. I was, like, 20 yards away from it. And the dude was grabbing the decoy. I was like, oh, how'd you do? Whatever, talking to them. And then this dude just pops up out of I thought was the actual ground. I was like, whoa, holy freaking crap. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I swear you got from 20 yards away in broad sunlight. I could not even tell that they had a blind there. I was like, holy freaking crap. And they had it all greened out. I was like, holy, But yeah, they, shout out to those guys. You were concealed as, you were super concealed.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the name of the game.
0: Yeah, but they also, I saw that they had like a whole camp. Like I, Because I hunted that spot the following day. And they had a you know a fire pizza, so they had been there all night doing arts and crafts on their blind. And then yeah. got about twelve hours to conceal yourself. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they they were they were in there. Holy crap! Yeah, they had a good setup, but yeah, no, it was um, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I just like getting out there. I mean, uh, I, I dropped about twenty dollars in shells for one duck, but whatever.
1: <laughs> but you wouldn't have it any other way.
0: Yeah, no, it was a good time. It was a good oh. time.
1: I don't know if you saw my brother went out and he shot his limit open in the morning.
0: Yeah, I know. He he Snapchatted me and rubbed it right in my face. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh right. but yeah, yeah, no, that was that's his first
1: cool. limit. He did pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm taking the next few Fridays off of work and I'm hoping I'm gonna, I'll be getting out pretty much, for the most part, every weekend from here on out.
1: And if you want, if you go down to you know westfield there that was kind of where they went was kind of by there too and i can let you know where that's at
0: yeah he, t- he he was telling me where they were at yeah i forget it's something marsh but yeah i'll have to i'll check that out for sure um but yeah i mean any, any other uh any other good stuff from opening uh opening weekend
1: nothing from there but man this thursday i am heading up to north dakota
0: Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That is awesome. So what are you going to be hunting up there?
1: Ducks and geese. And from the way things are looking, there's going to be a lot of them. Saskatchewan just got a crap ton of snow, and I think they're going to get pushed all down to North Dakota because they haven't gotten snow yet.
0: Damn, that's awesome. Are you going to be uh, hunting any sand hills?
1: Uh, not up there, no. I could have gotten the tag, but they usually don't come – through at that time and i was gonna get a swan tag but i ended up not and now i'm just kicking myself for that too
0: yeah i mean dude we saw so many sandhill cranes here i mean tons of them probably over a 100 we saw just flying around being annoying
1: yeah i mean in a month i'll be shooting those too i i can't wait
0: yeah that's gonna be awesome Yeah, that'll be really sweet. See, do you have to use a different choke for that? Do you just put on, like, a turkey choke and use three and a half?
1: No, a turkey choke wouldn't work with steel shot. It's too tight. Yeah. Um, You might blow your barrel off. So we just – I got three and a half triple Bs from last year. But I think just three-inch double Bs would be just any goose load.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, those are some hardy birds um yeah no that's awesome man that'll be sweet yeah we'll have to uh uh post some pictures on the instagram and uh you know get that popping but yeah that's awesome so um i think that covers opening weekend i mean uh we'll post some pictures up uh i'll post a picture of the bottom of my boat with just a bunch of empty shells um (laughs) empty shells of sadness is what they are um yeah no that that's awesome so you got your buck you got your or your dough yeah we'll we'll post some pictures of some stuff for sure um so I think uh, I think we get to kind of talk about our uh, our next topic here um is uh you know our segment that Zach came up with here is uh hot gear cold beer. what do you got for me Zach?
1: well, as far as gear goes, I bought this a while ago, and I was skeptical from my last one that i didn't like uh how i would like this one but it's a climbing tree stand um i got it from or summit makes it and man is it comfy it's like 20 pounds it's got backpack straps i just throw it on my back it's got a kind of the seat kind of flops down and makes a little shelf back there so i can load like my my bag up on it and just go um And it's nice because it's got a, it's not the cushiest seat. They got ones that are like memory foam, but the seat's comfy. Uh, My last climber didn't even have a seat. So if I was hunting, I'd have to literally just stand there for five hours. Um, But man, it's a sweet. That's
0: awesome. And so is it aluminum? Is it plastic? What is it?
1: It's aluminum. Um, They make steel ones, but those are pretty heavy and these aluminum ones are i mean they're awesome i can get i can get up a tree pretty quick in it and then just strap in my harness and i'm ready to rock
0: yeah and that's what i was going to ask you. you 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 do use a harness
1: i did i was stupid yeah when i was younger and i didn't and i was you know 10 15 feet up but now i don't go up there without one
0: yeah no i think that's a good call and i mean that's a majority uh i, I know in wisconsin the, the majority of hunting related injuries are from people uh flying out of tree stands
1: <laughs> yeah so no, um, it's uh, better, might as well not be a st- statistic you know
0: yeah no absolutely i totally agree with that but yeah no that's uh that's awesome then you got any uh cold beer that you've uh that you've been on
1: well, I think mine might be the same as yours. When I was up in Wisconsin, I stopped and got some Point Peanut Butter Cup.
0: Okay, some yeah.
1: Brewery. I, we might be reviewing the same beer here, but um, you know, it ain't bad. I, it, I could have one of them and that's about it, but it's very flavorful and it tastes like a day gum peanut butter cup.
0: So, yeah. Uh, I did take a sip of it and um, and uh I mean it, it was okay, but just like you said, that's not one that you 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 have a few of. That's literally you can drink one.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Some beers are like that and they're awesome beers. I mean, it's just real robust flavor.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it was uh yeah, it was uh yeah, I got it straight from the teat. I went uh I, I, I had it at the uh Point Oh
1: yeah, how was that?
0: Uh it was good. It was a good time. Yeah, good band, good all that, but um yeah, so I guess I'll, I'll review my cold beer first and then my uh uh then my hot gear. Um but uh the yeah, so my I, I tried that uh the point peanut butter cup whatever peanut butter blitz or whatever it's called. Um pretty decent. Um but I was at Pointtoberfest which is at the uh Point Brewery in Stevens Point. It's a big fest, and they have all of their seasonal and limited edition beers and all of their standard beers, and it's this whole thing. And it's at the brewery, and they have bands and all this stuff. It was crazy. It was I mean, it was an excellent time. Um, but So I tried a bunch of different stuff. Um, I tried that, uh, that Key Lime beer. It's the Key Lime Pie by Point Brewery or Key Lime something. Um, it tasted exactly like Key Lime Pie if it was a beer. And it freaked me out.
1: you realize those two things probably shouldn't be together? Did you oh, like...
0: Yeah, it was it was real weird. I was not <laughs> into it. Uh, yeah, I tried tried a little bit of that. That was weird. Tried that peanut butter one. That was good. Um what other one? They had a ginger one I tried. That was uh that was halfway decent. Um but the the one that I would highly recommend to anyone is the uh Cider Boys, which is also made by Point Brewery. Is the Sire Boys Sangria?
1: Oh, uh, you know what? Yeah, go ahead. I got something yeah, after that.
0: It was unbelievably delicious, but I now have diabetes. It <laughs> was the most sugary freaking alcohol I've ever had. Like, you are better <laughs> off having, like, a, you know, UV blue and Kool Aid is less sugary <laughs> than this. It was, oh my God. I mean, I drank like eight of them. <laughs> but I freaking thought I was, oh, my God. I felt like a kid after, you know, Halloween night. Dude, I came back. I was like, dude, I need to lay down. My tummy hurts. I wasn't oh,
1: my ready. tum-tum.
0: <laughs> yeah. They're not even, they don't have a very high alcohol. Like, I wasn't even drunk. My stomach was just in pain. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, I need insulin. Oh. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah, it was, um but they, they are very flavorful, and I would definitely drink them again. Um, but, you know, take a couple. I'll take a couple Roll in an insulin shot before I do it. <laughs> the- so, but, uh,
1: uh, speaking of the Cider Boys, I completely forgot. We also tried the uh, apple strawberry banana.
0: Oh, they had that one there, too. Yeah, that one was good, too. I had a little uh, sifter of it.
1: Yeah, that one is awesome, too. Doing good stuff at Cider Boys.
0: Yeah, they're they're doing good work. Shout out to Point Brewery, sponsor us. Please, um, <laughs> please, please give me sponsors. Um, but yeah, and then as far as the um, as far as the uh, the hot gear, um, you know, uh, I would like to, uh, the uh, Drake Waterfall, the waiters. I think I talked about this on a previous episode, but this is the first time I had them out duck hunting. Um, those things are awesome. Um, they're neoprene, they're non-breathable, which I know some guys would go either way, but, uh, yeah, they're neoprene, non-breathable. They got the, uh, 800 grain insulate on it. Um, they were excellent. I mean, I have no complaints. The boots were real comfortable, kept me warm on the second day. It was rainy. It was pretty cold, like mid, you know, low forties when we got out there mid 40s by midday it was raining it was the water temps were pretty cold and uh i was warm as could be i was fine everything was good held my shells held up to me climbing in and out of the boat held up against the reeds i was super satisfied with those things
1: they got enough pockets on there
0: oh dude I i have hella pockets i didn't even know i was losing stuff i had so many pockets and That's
1: uh, can't have too many pockets on some waiters, and some companies just don't really get that hint
0: no and the, the other thing was which um i would i would uh say an interesting thing for those that have waiters that have um the the Drake waterfall waiters that I have they have uh magnetic uh closures on the front pockets um, yeah. and uh what I realized, which is awesome. Is you could use those magnets to hold your tin and you could have, put shells on there. The magnets are strong enough. I could put a shell on there and it'll just stick to the magnet. So I'm <laughs> okay. going to slide them in and the think, and it'll hold the tin of dip on the magnet if you put the lid on there. Um, yeah, it was awesome. I was very, very satisfied with that.
1: Nice. Yeah, I got the one of the Drake jackets I have has that uh, magnetic pocket It's pretty nice just for slipping stuff in and out of,
0: oh yeah, exactly, you don't have to zip stuff, it's just you know you don't have to take your gloves off, you just kind of force it open and it's uh and it's good to go, but yeah, I mean uh I, I that's what I got for cold beer and hot gear um any closing remarks, Zach
1: uh you know, everyone's pretty much open for deer season if you're a deer hunter or want to be a deer hunter, just walk farther than people i mean it's you're gonna find success if you just put in a little extra effort and i mean that's with anything but if your goal is to shoot a deer this year just keep in the back of your mind just out walk you know most people aren't going to walk more than quarter mile from the truck so you know just get to the get to where people aren't
0: yeah no i agree with that and i mean same goes for duck hunting i guess uh My takeaway from opening weekend is, uh, you know, get out there early, prep, you know, make sure that you're, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of pressure while it's still warm out. There's a lot of guys that are, you know, weekend war, uh, weekend warriors right now that don't want to brave the winter. So you're going to have a lot more people early season. So get out to your spots early, make sure you're prepped, bring a, bring your cell phone. Bring a portable charger, you know, listen to um, our podcast. Episodes. Yeah, yeah. Little, yeah, uh, catch up on some Netflix, listen to our podcast, uh, you know, when you're in the blind waiting out there. So yeah, that that's all I got. And I think that uh I think that about does it. What do you think, Zach?
1: Yeah, let us know how your opening days went and you know, we'll post pictures on Instagram and just we like hearing stories.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. And uh, once again, uh, you can find us on Instagram at uh, between two pines pod. And then, uh, yeah, just hit us up on there. Direct message us, whatever. And, uh, you know, if you got any good pictures, we'll post them up on there. If you got any good stories, DMS on there. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. So we will close uh, close this episode with a quote from the man, the myth, the legend, the fellow Wisconsinite, John mirror and his quote is the clearest way into the universe is through a forest wilderness okay that's episode four